Hey, we're back. Oh, hey. It's part two. So if you have, if you just started listening, you're like, oh, a new episode, beep, and now you hear me talking, right, and it's right, part right, two. Right. You missed a part. Right. Get your shit together. God damn it, listeners. Fuck you. <laughs> so we are talking to Rachel, who is telling a mag- majestic three-part story, The Egg, The Cracking, and The Hatching. It's resplendent. Coming soon to Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can pre-order on Amazon.com. <laughs> no, you can't. It's not actually a... They're gonna a, try. It's not actually a YA dystopian novel, but it sounds like one. <laughs> not yet. yet. Not yet. So um, if you're hearing this, this is part two. So go the, back and find part one. This is the beginning of part two. You need to hear part one first. And where get a, get a drink. Um, get a drink. And get some water because you need to hydrate during if, this if one. If it's in the morning and you're having coffee, put some Kahlua in it. Yeah. Some what? Some Kahlua. Oh, you said, like, you said like Kalulu? I don't know. Anyway. Put some Baileys in it. Or it, just drink Baileys right from the bottle because it's delicious. <laughs> Is it? Right from the bottle? We've talked about this. Okay. But also get some water because I want you to stay hydrated. <laughs> I want you to be refreshed. So let's jump right into part two. Okay. We're back. Hi, everybody. Hi, Twaint. Hi, Rachel. Hi. So, you're just you're figuring out that you're trans. You took this letter. You rang the bell, the proverbial bell. Yes, and I gave it to the person who was in charge of the LGBTQ center at the time. Bless that little person's little heart. They I were know, like, "Oh I, shit." I'm so- <laughs> I'm so grateful for them because I didn't get a response because I left my email on the thing because I wanted them to get back to me and like maybe talk to me about it because I was just super in the dark and alone and I didn't know who to go to. Right. Um, so it was about a week later that I finally got an email response the entire time going, holy shit, what did I do? Yeah. Um, when I finally did get a response, they wanted to meet with me Um. And the first thing they did was just hug me and thank me and accept me right away. And it was the first time that I had ever felt any kind of validation for that. And it was life-changing. You guys. You guys. You guys. (laughs) This is why, like, prides matter. This is why, like, we need these LGBTQ resource centers for kids. Like... This is, like, we we love to pretend that, like, homophobia is dead and, like, everyone's fine and, like, we're also accepting now. But, like, this is why these places are so important because they're our kids and you were a kid, essentially. I mean, you were, were quote-unquote, an adult, but you were still a kid and you needed someone to just say, like, it's going to be okay. Like, we we can figure this out. Yeah, and even just the one hug was life-changing, which says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they gave me like resources to go to. And I eventually, several months later, found a therapist who specialized in LGBTQ things. Um, and I was able to talk to her, figure out. I She gave me the medical diagnosis sheet from the D, DSV. DM, yeah, the, yeah. I know the thing. The, DMV. Yeah. the, the book. The DMV. Yeah, the DMV book with all of the brain things. Um, and. I checked every single item off the list for medical gender dysphoria. Right. Um, And after a couple months, I finally got up the courage to tell my wife. And she was very accepting and just wanted to do everything she could to help me. Oh, that's Um, good. Yeah, she was accepting and, of course, worried because she wasn't gay. And we didn't know what 
where it was going to go or how I was going to proceed or if like I was just going to, yeah, we, all of it was a complete blank slate and we had no idea what was going to happen. Um, and so we ended up telling her parents because she needed people for support. To be support. able to talk to about. Had you yeah. told right. Oh, no, 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 not oh yet. Oh my God. No, that'll come later. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I waited a very, very long time to tell them because I was terrified. Because my mom was so Mormon, I didn't know how she would react. My dad was a little more lenient in the Mormon type things. And right. so I was a little less scared telling him. Um, but her parents were super supportive. Really? Um, at the time. It, sure. Like, it it eventually got to the point that it was supportive, but not very happy with where things were going because I ended up, obviously, I ended up transitioning um, and we're not married anymore. Right. Um, so I told her and she was actually the first person to, like, buy me a bra and she, oh. <laughs> it it was all these huge seemingly minute things that were super helpful and terrifying at the time because yeah. I was still very masculine presenting and I didn't like I st still had a shit ton of internalized transphobia where yeah. I'm like this this isn't real I'm I'm probably just faking this but also I feel super hurt hateful about everything about who I am and what my body is. Right. Um, and so then I ended up, we ended up telling a few more people just so she kind of had a support group and I had my therapist and I think there was a point when I tried to go to some kind of like trans support group and I was too scared to go or I went to one and wasn't comfortable. I don't remember a lot. Um, I ended up telling my parents in, I think it was like March or April-ish of 2017. So this is the next year. And around this time, I we had decided that I would start some kind of like low-dose hormone therapy because we'd read about these other Mormon couples who of mixed gender identity who one of the spouses would go on low-dose hormones so that they could still feel the mental benefits, but... Still stay so married. Start physically, like, are these low? Because I, I don't know what I don't know. You know, are these low enough doses that they wouldn't really have a physical effect on your they, body? They do have a physical effect. It's just slower. It's just okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of what we were leaning into. So we had to do like. God, Mormons will do anything to stay. I mean, and I like, and I don't say that to shame any of those couples or whatever. Like, if people have found a way to like make things work for them, I think great. Like whatever. But I just think. It's so crazy to me the gymnastics that people will go through to stay Mormon when Mormonism is so loudly telling them that they're not welcome and they don't belong. Yeah. You know? That was the other thing. Um, around the time that I told my wife, when I first made the Reddit post, somebody, because I mentioned that I was Mormon and that I was struggling with reconciling right, with the that things that they taught, yeah. and they said, you need to read the CES letter, uh -huh. which... To those who don't know, I don't know if you guys have talked about this on your. I don't, think we I don't have. know if we have. Yeah. The CES letter is a basically a laundry list written by this guy named Jeremy Run Runnels, who 
found all of these different problems with Mormonism and the things that are taught and all the just like like not not problems like oh I don't agree with this but like historical inaccuracies or things that didn't make sense or or, yeah things that were blatantly hidden or lied about when history says different Um, and I didn't read it for a long time because I'm like I don't want to give up my faith I'm I'm too scared to go down that road because like what if which looking back now, I'm like, if your faith is based on something that could be destroyed by one piece of paper, then maybe it was not very good to base right. your life on that to begin right. with. Yeah. Um, so around the time that I had told my wife, I had decided, okay, maybe I should look at this because if my faith is strong enough, it'll push through and it'll be fine. Whew. Read, <laughs> read through on a Sunday um, and was completely, every, everything just crumbled underneath me. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, it's all based on a lie. How do I, and I tried finding all kinds of like apologetics or things that would explain it away or, and it just all, the laundry list of issues couldn't be explained away by all these different divine things. It was just, oh no, it's all bullshit. It's it's always fascinating to me how quickly that foundation falls apart. You know, like for me, I always described it as like, it was like a sweater where you pulled on one thread and the whole sweater just unraveled. You know, like it feels so big and so insurmountable when you're in that moment, but then you chip away at one little piece of it and it just all is like, it just crumbles around you and you're like, oh, oh, okay, it all fell apart. Like, I wasn't expecting that to happen that quickly, but it does. Yeah, Yeah. and so after I'd read it, um, I told my wife about the doubts I'd been having and most of the people that I told about the doubts I was having were much less supportive about me not believing in the church than they were about me being trans. Right. Um, And that... (laughs) It was like I I couldn't talk about it with anybody, even though everything that I'd believed in my life up to that point was completely broken and I was hurting so much. But talking about it, I always came off as antagonistic and angry, which I was angry. Yes. I was I was furious that so much of my life had been a lie yeah. and that I had not been told anything. And with that anger, it was always misinterpreted as you're trying to hurt us. You're trying to hurt the church. You're actively looking for negatives. You're because you're not choosing the church. You're not choosing your family. Um, and it, it was a huge thing that we don't need to go into because <laughs> that's, that's its own thing. Yeah. Like there, there were still support, but it was, more of like a pity support it, it, or at least it felt like um so anyway i about march of 2017 is when i first came out to my parents because we decided that i was going to start low dose hormones to kind of help my mental state cuz i was falling to pieces oh. um and so i told my parents and both of them were super great about me being trans they're like great we love you no matter what told him I wanted to start hormones and then I got a letter from my dad about a dream he had where it was basically saying that I was deciding to be a fish because I thought I was a fish and pulling my wife further into the ocean and waiting for her to drown when when I'm not actually a fish and I need to 
stay away from the beckoning call of the ocean and let Jesus save me. <laughs> Sister um, Twain's going to leave. She just, do you need to go walk around the block? Just go downstairs. <laughs> just let yourself out. Just do a quick lap around the building. <laughs> Sister Twain's now like rearranging my furniture. She's a little, okay. okay. All right. So, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so that, okay. Was, that was the response I got from my parents. So then I kind of just stopped talking to them when you about got that things. letter were you i was devastated okay okay and my dad was the one who wrote the letter my mom didn't really do anything to refute the feelings behind it and neither did my wife cool cool everybody and cool. so i felt hella alone yeah um and i ended up not starting hormones at all because <sighs> There was a lot of crying about it and a lot of people who were very much against me doing it. And I didn't want to tear my family apart anymore. But then the rest of 2017 was basically just a depressive nightmare where both of us were floating and doing what we could. To well, keep and Trump had been elected. I mean, we were all it in was a all depressive. A nightmare. We were all in a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, we just were super depressive and... I so you're still to, married, but you were just both very unhappy and you were just kind of like and plugging just, along day to day. Yeah, and yeah. I couldn't reconcile the things about the church because it's all based on bullshit. Were and, you still going to church at this point? Uh, no, we, okay. we hadn't been for a long time, oh, but so it wasn't your until wife my... Was also not it, really going. No, and it wasn't until my doubts surfaced that the fight to go increased and like there all of the blame fell back onto me for us not going and all that shit. Um, and I'm going to pause you really quick. We're going to take another quick break Okay. and then we'll get back. Are we still in the cracking or are we to the hatching yet? Where are we're, we in? Where are we on the journey? We're close to the hatching. We're about to hatch y'all. Hi, Twaint. Love you, Twaint. <laughs> we're going to take a break. Y'all, we're back. All right. So you're you're in a malaise. Yes. In a dark, cloudy malaise. Yes, not knowing where I'm going to go. And just basically the most I could do was dress femininely in secret around the house and maybe come out to a few people that I knew would be accepting. That's so cute and so sad. It's adorable. <laughs> but also really and sad. All, all this time, my wife is trying to be as supportive as she can, but... Very much struggling because for, for sure. I was having a hard time reconciling anything with the church and she wanted me to stay in it and believe in spite of everything. And I, with my own moral compass, did not feel like I could go back and it was just devastating. And so it came off as me being selfish in terms right, of like trying right. to find more feminine things and not actually going to church and shit. Um, Cause for sure you wanting to be yourself is selfish. That's what that is. <laughs> That's what that is. Selfish. In, in, How dare you? In the eyes of a Mormon viewpoint where choosing to follow the siren song of the devil calling right. you to go against these boxes that you've been put into Yes, it is very selfish. Twain and I have a good friend who, um, you know, left the church and whatever. And when she was talking to her mom about kind of the choices she was making in her life, she said, Mom, I just have to do 
what is what makes me happy. Like, I have to follow what makes me happy. And her mom said, oh, imagine the world we would live in if we all just did what made us happy. And she was like, and our friend was like, uh, yeah, it'd be fucking amazing. Like, it'd be really great if we all just did what made us happy. But her mom saw that as such a negative. Like, how dare you? How dare you just do what makes you happy rather than what you, quote unquote, should be doing, you know? If, if you're not hurting other people and you're doing what you can to make the world a better place and be happy with yourself, right? do whatever the fuck you want. I want to live in that world where everyone is just doing what they want to make themselves happy. Yes. Like, that's a great world. Yeah. So, end of 2017, it's just been this long process of me being too afraid to talk to anybody because the things that I did have to say were very controversial and anything that was not controversial I definitely did not agree with and so we are at this crossroads but kept it very much as neutral and sad as we could (laughs) Um, let's just stay sad everyone's safe here when we're sad Yeah, and it was a miserable time. And going into 2018, I was reaching my breaking point. I'm like, I need to start some kind of hormone therapy or something. I need to get some kind of different chemicals into my brain. Or I don't think I'm going to last. Like, maybe I'll be gone in three months. Yeah. I had had an expiration date at that point. I'm so sorry. Um. And so we finally agreed to me starting hormones. Didn't do any kind of low dose because we'd already banked sperm from the last time I tried. Um, And so we're like, okay, we're just going to go for it, see what happens. Um, So March of 2018 was when I started hormones. So this is like three or two years since I first wrote that original letter. Oh, my God. And only, like, a year ago. Like, this was not that long ago. No, this was last year. So I started hormones. And, like, the first week is always weird because your body has to readjust. So I was just, like, angry and all over the place and having to pee all the time. Oh, who oh. knew? Who knew? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that okay. with the the hatching part of it. Um, but once I started hormones... The brain fog that I've been talking about this whole time, gone. Amazing. Like, within the span of maybe a week to two weeks, it was completely gone, and I felt like a completely new person. Like, I was, I could be functional. I could find joy in things and actually smile genuinely. Where before, I did enjoy things, and I was happy, but it was, like, smiling and being on... Smiling for a camera was always a facade because I didn't necessarily know how to smile other than the visual of it. Right. Okay. Okay. That's a lot. (laughs) That's Um, a lot. (laughs) Maybe maybe that's a huge over-exaggeration on my part. No, I don't think it is at all. I think you, yeah, no, I don't think it is at all. That trauma. Again, this is trauma. Yeah. Like the last time I remember feeling clear like that was during my childhood when I was playing with friends and like just pretending and imagining and having all these fun adventures. Um, And so then as the months went on, um, my wife, we'll call her Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. Um, it, It just got super, super hard. And so we ended up deciding to break it off 
a couple months into hormone or like three-ish months into hormones um because things had just gotten super rough and I couldn't I was too sad and too scared to come home after work and she would spend most of her time in bed sleeping and both of us were crying a lot yeah Mm -hmm. so we decided to split things off um and this is where the hatching part starts to come through because this is when I was finally on hormones and finally started to learn how to be myself um being on hormones is an interesting experience i i don't know where i put my purse but i do have the pills that i take daily with me if no that's my purse if (laughs) sister twain points to like a pink bag sitting on a chair and she's like oh this must be your purse and i'm like no no that's mine that's my pink bag so i'll give a quick background with hormone therapy or hormone replacement therapy hrt as it's usually abbreviated um is Depending on the person, some people will take testosterone, other people will do estrogen. In my case, it was estrogen. Um, and, and does taking estrogen suppress your body's natural testosterone, or does it just like... It depends okay. on the person. Okay. Some people can take like a higher dose of estrogen and it'll suppress it naturally. Other people have to take an anti-androgen, oh, which okay. will suppress the testosterone, then you take the estrogen on top of it. Um, so this is what I have. Oh, okay. The blue pills are the estrogen. Okay. And I have to dissolve those under my tongue so it's not as bad for the liver. And then the other pills I can just swallow. Those are the anti-androgens. And you take these daily? They are a daily thing and they are forever. Okay. Um, and I also have to take progesterone now, um, which kind of helps to mimic um, a cis woman's hormone cycle. Right. Which helps with development and all these other things and they usually give that to people about nine months to a year into hormone therapy so you start with just the with the estrogen and the anti-androgen sometimes just estrogen again it depends on the person and the effects that it has can vary from person to person funny that everyone's different you guys (laughs) everyone's body is different and and we're fine with that medically but we're not fine with that emotionally but yeah everyone's body is different turns out yeah weird crazy um but like I was saying, once I started taking it, everything seemed to click. Like, this is what my brain was supposed to be working on this entire time. Yeah. Um, I had the ability to feel emotions and cry for the first time in a long time. Aww. Like, I, I had been able to cry, and I'd, but that was mostly during, like, severe panic attacks and whatnot. Right. Um, but... My my other mental health thing is completely separate from sure, the sure, gender stuff. Sure. And we all have our own issues, honey. We, we all have our own shit. <laughs> You're not special. We all are crazy. Fuck you, Rachel. <laughs> You're not special just because you have panic attacks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a whole other episode. Uh-huh. Anyway. Anyway. So, but your brain was like, hella fucking Luya, this is finally what right. I needed to function normally, yeah. healthily. And it's wild, the emotional and physical changes that can happen um, in a short period of time, as well as the longer periods of time. Um, as far as like breast growth, that's usually about the same as a cis woman's 
during puberty where it takes a couple years to fully develop and stuff. But things get sensitive pretty early on. Okay. And so I started a new job and had to move a bunch of things and was having to be really careful because if I bumped things the wrong way, it oh. hurt like a bitch. That's right. At this point, were you <laughs> were you socially identifying as female? Not yet. Okay. No, 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 So no. you were on the hormones, but you were still presenting as a man in the world. Yes. Okay. Because I have always, I mean, like I said, I've always been very uncomfortable presenting anything even remotely feminine in fear of... Right, right, right. Yeah. Like you can't reveal you can't reveal that secret. Yeah. That's why I listened to show tunes in secret when I was a kid. For real, cuz I was like afraid if people knew I like show tunes it would mean they would know I was gay. So. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I was on hormones for I want to say like maybe 6 months before I came out publicly. Um and I didn't tell my parents I was on hormones until about 3 months in. Um and it was only like very recently after my wife and I split that I told them that I was, had been on hormones because I was so scared of their reaction up until that point, because they had been that we love you no matter what, but don't you dare grow boobs right. type mentality okay. like that. That'll ruin you. We don't want you to make decisions that you'll regret later. Except trauma. This is trauma oh that you're experiencing. God. Trauma. They, I will say trauma, 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 trauma. Trauma. <laughs> I will say they have gotten significantly better and more Good. supportive. Good. The the first while was really, really, right, really, right. really, really difficult for everyone involved. Um, they they've gotten so much better, and I'm so grateful for where they are now. Um, but I told them that I'd been on hormones, um, and that I was basically done with the church, and they kind of gave me all of the questions of like okay so what are you thinking in terms of surgeries and like i i don't fucking right. know yeah, i i yeah. just got here you're like yeah <laughs> i literally just <laughs> opened this door i have not built the house yet <laughs> um and a lot of their concerns were like what if you regret it i'm like i have never felt more comfortable in my own body i still don't like what i see in the mirror right now but i have not felt this comfortable just being alive for the last several years. The fact that I am a functional human being right now means that I'm probably making the correct decision mm -hmm. and I'm going to keep going until maybe I change my mind, which I don't think is going to happen. Well, and you had, you had been living in pain and agony and, and body dysmorphia and dysphoria, dysphoria. Sorry, sorry. You'd been living with all these things for like, your whole life. And then they're like, yeah. what if you regret this? You know? And you're just like, I'm fucking unhappy before. So it's not right. like, let's give this one a shot and just see how it sticks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, we're going to pause for one second. I got to go to the bathroom. Okay. That's not really why we're taking a break, but I do uh -huh. in case people want, this is a really quality professional podcast. Yeah, of course. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We're back. You guys, I changed my clothes. I'm in a new outfit. But it's cute, right? Sister Twain? Yeah. <laughs> Just to give you a visual, uh, Rachel and I are sitting on my sofa. Um, in front of my sofa, I have an ottoman, like a leather ottoman. And Sister Twain is just laying on it, flat on her back with her hands over her face. So she's going through it, you guys. She's going through it. 
So anyway, Rachel, where where were we, Rachel? Okay, we were at the beginning of hormones, and yes. I wanted to kind of go through what, for those who are curious, just because I know that the questions will definitely be there, like, what does hormone therapy entail? Like, what kind of changes happen? Um, so with... Um, female or like estrogen hormone therapy it's like over the span of a couple months there's like body hair thinning breast growth fat redistribution so that it's in a more feminine pattern so like instead of things sitting in the stomach and the shoulders and whatnot it redistributes to like the hips and the cheeks and whatnot um and common misconception is it actually does not change the voice at oh. all. Estrogen does not change the voice. It does not raise it. It has to be trained back up. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, but testosterone does lower the voice, testosterone right? Testosterone does so lower the voice. So if someone is a female to male or is a, is a trans male and they start taking horm- or testosterone, that mm-hmm. will lower their voice naturally. Yes. Okay. My, son, my son Jack already has a voice like an octave lower after four months of yeah, tea. Yeah. Yeah. Testosterone works fast. And the testosterone has to be injected directly into the veins, which is the most crazy masculine thing I can think of. It's just like straight up shooting it into yeah, the arm. Yeah, just like a big phallus, like right into your arm, <laughs> pumping through your body. And then female hormone therapy is like, like oh you slowly can slowly dissolve you, you can dissolve tongue. it or you, you can take a patch you can take shots but it's like only once in a while oh my god um <laughs> but so then, you had to retrain yourself to have a higher voice yes and that takes a shit ton of work what does that entail like what does retraining your voice mean <laughs> like just kind of pr- like talking in a higher voice it's it's a number of things. There are so many tutorials on YouTube really? about how to figure it out. And a lot of it has to do with pitch and resonance. Resonance being the most important, like where your voice sits. Because with masculine voices, the, it resonates more in kind of the chest and the uh-huh. stomach area, right. whereas it's more in the head and the throat with female voices. Thank God you were a theater person. Like, I, I feel like, for real, imagine though. if you were a jock and then suddenly you had to figure out what if you were in a head voice or a chest voice. Jocks don't, <laughs> yeah. jocks don't know that you guys science like chemistry majors don't know where their head voice or their chest voice is i'm super grateful for the background that i have right. because it has given me so much background training right to help like, me do this yeah modulating your voice like where your voice is yeah, yeah like that is training that you receive as a theater person yeah so. and this is all just the medical stuff yeah like, sorry to all the trans kids that are like studying archaeology or something like you're on your own <laughs> but like yeah anyway that's well amazing. and there are like some trans feminine people that don't train their voice and they sound awesome like i i just want to smother their voice on my face and just their voice still sounds very masculine um it can Uh sometimes it's more feminine but like lower and i i have a very large appreciation just for everyone who has to go through the same shit because i I just have, there's so much love in my heart anyway. At this point now, do you feel like, does your voice feel natural or do you, is it still a conscious effort to like keep it yes in a higher no. register? Okay. It's much easier than it was. Um, for a while before I transitioned socially, I would train it up just like a little bit more and I would practice to try and go as high as I could. Um, my go-to was usually singing along to Paramore music in the car, just on my way and back from work. 
because Haley Williams screams at the top of her lungs these crazy high notes. And I'm uh-huh. like, hell yeah. Yeah. I want to be able to do that. Um, <laughs> and so that was kind of my training. And if I felt my voice going crazy, I'm like, oh, no, got it. Use the diaphragm right. and project. All your theater and- training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kick it in. I know. Yeah. I, I Raise was that soft super palate. lucky in that regard. Yeah. But like even now, I still feel dysphoria about my voice every once in a while, even really? though I know it's higher and i've listened to recordings of it and i go oh that's not too bad you have a very feminine sounding voice i think oh, like you. if yes. i heard your if i heard if i just heard your voice and didn't know you at all i would not ne- i would not for one second think it sounded masculine no and i appreciate that because okay. that's what i've been working towards Good. well and, you've done well well thank you but again dysphoria doesn't necessarily right it's not logical it, yeah <laughs> no. No. no 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 it's uh you sound fine rachel <laughs> Jeez, rachel you're not special <laughs> Yeah, dysphoria is just mean and will always bother you. Turns out internalized like homophobia and transphobia is just a son of a bitch. It's just mean. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, it's not logical. It's terrible and mean. Right. Um, so I didn't train my voice super high because I still needed to kind of pass you were still socially presenting Yeah, as but masculine. I was like, because it was basically the start of a second puberty, I was losing a yeah. ton of weight and I was like, simultaneously building muscle, having to move a bunch of things, but also losing muscle mass because that's because what, that's what, that's what happens. Right. And so it was like this weird flip flop of I'm getting stronger, but losing mass at the same time. And so I'm the same strength I was a couple months ago. Right. Um, <laughs> and then about six months in is when I decided to, I think it was about six months in. So like late last year. Yeah. Late 2018. September of 2018 is when I decided to come out socially or publicly over Lookbook. Oh, yes. Lookbook. (laughs) I I was like, what's Lookbook? And then I was like, oh, yeah. that's We're keeping things confidential. Lookbook. Lookbook. Face place. (laughs) Look time. Look time. Okay. So on Lookbook. So when was this? September of 2018. So, you know, like less than a year ago. Five minutes ago. Yeah, five minutes ago. Yeah, and I didn't tell almost anyone. Um, The only people that knew in advance were um, my close-knit group of theater friends that I had come out to previously, and they were so supportive from the get-go. Like, almost the second I told them... They're like, okay, cool, yeah. What, what do you, what do you want to? Theater people are the best. They're the, they're the nerdiest, worst, but they're the best. I love them so much. And they're the ones who like helped me figure out a name for myself. And they're the ones who did a makeover for me one day. I love those little theater kids. Like, by the way, when you just said name, I like it had not even occurred to me that all this time you had a different name because of course you did because your real name is a. You're, the name you use now, which isn't Rachel, it's an actual name, is a girl's name. Because Rachel's not a real name. R- no, I mean, but what I mean is your your actual name now is a girl's name. And it, in yes. all this time, it never occurred to me that you had a different name before. Yes. But of course you did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Side note with that, um, in the trans community, it's the name that you were called before is called a dead name. Yes. Um, and for those that don't know... It's generally not okay to ask trans people what their dead name is or try and figure it out because hearing it is, uh, it's kind of like this giant dagger to your body. Right. Hearing it out loud or hearing it said or written. Um, 
So just don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, they were the ones who have to pick a name, give me a makeover. Um, it's something that I found super incredible was one of my friends who has children. Um, when I came out to her, um, she ended up telling her kids because I'm like, yeah, they're going to have to know. It's right. going to be weird. Like it's going to get obvious pretty quickly. And the second that she told them, they caught up and picked it up just right away and started calling me Rachel. And it was the best thing. And it's, it's amazing what support can do for someone. Yeah. Yeah. Just having someone be there and to validate your experiences and your feelings and everything about who you are. Just like, okay, yeah, that's who you are. We love you. Awesome. Is life changing. It's why whenever I hear kind of conservative people say, well, how am I going to explain to my kids if there are two men kissing on TV? Or how am I going to explain to my kids, you know, whatever? I'm like, your kids don't fucking care. Like, little kids do not care. If you say to a little kid, like, oh, yeah, your Uncle Gary, he has a boyfriend named Gary, your kids are like, okay, cool. Like, they don't don't go, what? But men are supposed to love women, or you know? So, like, these kids, when they're like, oh, by the way... Uh, we're we're calling her Rachel now. They're like, okay, cool. Hey, hey, Rachel, how's it going? Like, it's just yeah. not, it's not even a thing for them. Yeah, and they were super excited about it, and it was, it, it was so drastic from the things I had experienced before with a very Mormon centric view of how to be accepting. Right. That it very much made me feel like, okay, yes, I made the right decision right. because. Now I feel like being myself is not the worst thing in the world. Right. Um, Imagine that. (laughs) So they're the ones who I told before I came out publicly. I didn't tell any of my family that I was going to come out. Cool. I didn't tell any of my... At this point, did like your siblings know? So your parents knew? Yes, I I had told my siblings um, and they were all like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. They they didn't care. One of of my siblings was super stoked about it. (laughs) Um, like, yes, and, I've got a sister. Oh, my gosh. And I loved it. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so I came out. No one knew except for my friends. On Lookbook. On Lookbook. Tons of support from the get-go. Um, and about that point, I was what we call passing as cis 50-50 okay. in public. So I started wearing makeup, and I had to figure out how to dress more femininely. I started collecting a closet of feminine clothing. Um, oh, yeah, that's another thing. With transitioning, transitioning socially, you have to choose a new name to go by. Right. You have to – I mean, you don't have to. But my experience, I had to get a completely new wardrobe. Right. I had to learn how to do adult-level makeup within the span of maybe a couple months. Right. So I looked right. – not only presentable, but like no, not like a weirdly overgrown teenager who didn't right. know what the hell she was doing. Right. Um, and I had to figure out mannerisms and a bunch of other things, which the mannerisms things came easy for me because that was a bunch of the shit I was repressing. Right, right. Because that was the stuff that I started doing. It was just doing. Like, like letting the, the yeah, just letting, letting the Rachel have, free. Yeah, letting Rachel free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was really interesting to see who picked up on it super fast, who struggled a bit more, and who completely just didn't want to pick up on it. And there were some people who were just 
absolutely oblivious to it because they either weren't on lookbook or they just didn't know anything. Right, right. <laughs> and then they had to be pulled aside and they're like, okay, no, no, no. She goes by Rachel now. Right, right. She, she's trans. She's a girl, yeah. So just be... Calm the fuck down. Just be normal. Yeah. Be cool. Um, <laughs> be cool, man. Be cool. Yeah, and I transitioned in September and we're in August of 2019 now. So I've been on hormones for almost a year and a half now, which is wild. But you haven't even really been quote unquote out socially for a year. No, like we're still, yeah, no, I less than a year. I have not gone by Rachel for a very long time, but it feels so much more me. Like my dead name was always kind of a name that was attached to me and the corporeal form that I saw in the mirror. Yeah. But it, but you didn't identify with it. Not at all. Like, I heard it, and I'm like, oh, okay, that is that is the set of syllables that is supposed to call me. Right. <laughs> at this but, point, have you been able to, like, legally change your name? Yes. Or legally I, change your gender identifiers? Yes. Okay. I have been able to go, and that in of itself is a whole process, because you have to go through the courts to get the name change done. It's like getting your name changed when you get married, but with the gender marker change that gets a little more iffy just because there's so many different courts that are weird about it and don't know trans issues or they're firmly against it thankfully the judge that i got was super nice about it and the first one of the first things he said to me when i got up there after all the other cases had been settled was just i really like cases like this because it helps me to fix what needs to be fixed and to make amends and to make things make better. Make things right. I can't remember the exact wording. That's amazing. But I definitely started crying in a court right. of law. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> and but like, again, people like, why is that so hard? Why is it so hard to just say like, oh, okay, we need to change your gender markers to female ones? Great. Like, and just to have someone just be okay with that and just like be like, okay, cool. Like, I love doing this because I know that it's it's writing a wrong. Like that's yeah. so, it's so, cause and, it, cause that judge at the end of the day just goes home and lives his normal life. It doesn't affect him at all. Yeah. But now there's an F on your driver's license instead of an M. And I think the thing that throws so many people, especially people in Mormonism, because they're such the strict gender boxes is like penis versus vagina. That is the identifier. Right, and right. besides the fact that it's ignoring a bajillion different intersex conditions sure. and a bunch of other, natural hormonal condition yeah Yeah. natural phenomenon where people aren't strictly male and female binary because it turns out every body's different weird weird (laughs) bodies 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 Bodies. hi cindy cindy yes i would love another iced tea thank you (laughs) yeah it it's the getting over that that i think is really hard for some people and like when people hear like, oh, okay, these are the pronouns I use. And they'll say, oh, okay, I'm sorry if I struggle for a bit. I'm sorry if this is... The best way to go about it is just like, that's... Think of it as part of their name. This is their name. These are their pronouns. Right. That's just right. who they are. Right. And, like, there are times when, yes, you might get it wrong, but don't make a huge deal right. out of it. Like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And Because right. th- then that just draws attention to the fact that there was a mistake made and it just makes everyone uncomfortable. Just, so just correct yourself. And if you feel like you need to say sorry, just do it as like a quick, oh, sorry, this, this is, and yeah. fix it. 
Can I say something to our cis... Well, I want to take a break, and then I want to say something to our cis listeners, if I may. Cisners. Cis, our gentle cisners. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, and then a message from me, a white gay male, so that I can make sure my voice is heard. <laughs> I'm going. I uh, the reason Sister Twain is w- what did you say going through it? Going through it. It's is because I'm listening to this as a parent yeah, and as and the parent my, of a trans child. And my 14-year-old trans kid does not have the emotional IQ yet. Because he's 14. To right yeah. to 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 share any of this because he hasn't even processed most of it himself. Right. And so I'm listening to this as a parent and um, that is a a multifaceted um, thing. Right. Anyway, keep going. So this is the message I wanted to give to our cis listeners. Oh yeah. Start sharing your pronouns when you introduce yourself to people because when we only put it on gender nonconforming or trans people to share their pronouns, then it is another way that we make them other. other. We make them different from yeah, us. 100%. So if it's like, oh no, I don't have to share my pronouns because I'm a cis man and I look like a man and everyone knows I'm a man. But, but oh, but what are your pronouns now, dear? Like suddenly you're separate and you're other from me. So I think, you know, like at my work, we have like an online directory of all the employees and there is a place on there you can put your pronouns. So, you know, I put my pronouns on there because... If we all share our pronouns, then it is just a normal thing of like, hi, my name is Brother Coffee and I my pronouns are he, him. Like no big deal, you know, but but if we only if we only put that burden on people who either, you know, look different or you know, like then suddenly it's othering people. So share yeah. your pronouns, people. And it's not a weird thing at all because it's just everyday language. Yeah. It's yeah, and even people who have like neo pronouns, which are pronouns that aren't necessarily like traditional, in, traditional yeah. like even that, just it. New words happen all the time. Just yeah, just use them. Just it's fine. be fucking okay. Take a breath. You're <laughs> yeah. gonna be fine. Yeah. Someone wants to use they them pronouns. You're gonna be fucking fine. Get over yourself. I have a lot of non non binary friends who use they them pronouns, and I. I adore and love every single one of them yeah. because they they're just they're just them. Yeah. They they are who they are. Yeah. And that I feel like we just need to treat everyone with like who they are. <laughs> Imagine that, you guys. Weird. What if we lived in a world where everyone did what made them happy and we treated them <laughs> kind? What what would it be like then, Cindy? Cindy? <laughs> Okay, so where were we? Um, coming so out you, socially. Yes, coming yeah. out socially. Um, and another part of my coming out or my discovering or my hatching was realizing that I wasn't just attracted to women. And oh, I, here we go. And I'm very grateful that this happened during my journey when I was kind of just by myself and had time to explore things on my own at this point because having this in combination with everything else had it been earlier in my life, would have been absolutely horrendous. Too, just like too much. Yeah. You're like, okay, everybody, I'm already <laughs> so, dealing with a lot. So I lucked out and figured it out later on. Um, the fun story behind it is I was just chatting with my cousin online and we decided to watch some like random music videos here and there. And there was one particular music video. It's Harry Styles' Sign of the Times. Okay. I'm into it. I, yeah, can, I can get with where, this. 
there's like this close-up shot of him near the beginning and there's like this sudden flutter of butterflies in my chest i'm like what the hell is happening hold on i'm attracted to harry styles i think we've all had those butterflies the harry styles butterflies twaint the harry butter styles yes that's exactly what i was hoping you'd say yeah we've all been there yeah you're, once again you're not special rachel we've all had the harry the harry butter styles style, style butters style flies it's, it was horrible it's fine it was it's terrible. fine yeah and it was completely brand new to me because it was like being a teenager again and feeling attraction to people that were attractive but completely different in how I had felt it before where and did you think like what the fuck or did you think like oh cool like he's hot yes okay well, okay okay <laughs> fair fair very much both right um and like with the hormonal change it has changed a lot of how I feel attraction in general and uh-huh. it feels significantly more comfortable for me like whereas before it was like a oh that person is attractive I feel very horny and I don't know how to do anything about it whereas now it's like a very much emotional core feeling and it's i guess the best way to describe it is it's more snuggly than anything else oh snuggly i love it um (laughs) oh that's and that's probably just me yeah um no i get that though like it's not i mean I seriously, why do I keep making this about myself? But when I was coming out, one of the one of the ways that I sort of accepted w- for myself that I was gay was when I realized it wasn't just sexual. Like I was sexually attracted to men, but and I had known that for a long time and you know, the porn that I looked at was always gay porn, but like it was when I was when I to- when I accepted for myself like, oh, it's not just that I want to have sex with men. It's like if I have a shitty day, I want to come home to a man and I want to talk to him about it and I want him to hug me. And if I, you know, when I watch TV, I want to lay my head on a man's lap and have him play with my beard or you know whatever. Like it was I about like there was a pause. yeah, because I was like, I mean, he could play with my bald head. <laughs> um, but okay. yeah, like it was. So it it is the emotional connection is as much a part of our sexuality as the sexual connection yeah and like i had had the emotional part before but it was always blocked by that like cloudy part of me and it was always like that oh yeah i just want to be married to them and come home and like have conversations with them snuggle with them and etc and then here it was like a (laughs) to give it a sound effect harry styles does that to a lot of us so okay (laughs) So you discover, so do you identify as bi? Do you identify as pansexual? Like, Um, do you not identify? I I kind of flip between the labels. I say bi, even though it's kind of, I, people are attractive. Yes. I'll leave it there. I would say I'm more attracted to women than I am to men. um, And I'm more attracted to femininity than I am to masculinity. But there is so much of a spectrum there for me that I'm like, if I'm attracted to someone, I'm attracted to them. Right, right. And no matter what they identify as or who they are. Or what, yeah, and that's what bits and bobs they've got. Yeah, and I, I tried for a long time to like, no, the, this is the label, but like, and at this point, I'm like, you know what, fuck it. If they're yeah. attractive and they're interested, great. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, it caused me to re-examine a lot of things both in my past and like my own self now like if I'm attracted to multiple people does that mean that I want to be monogamous am I polyamorous um did I have crushes on people 
when I was younger and just didn't know it, the answer is yes. Like crushes um, on boys, you mean? Oh, yeah. And I just thought of it as like, oh, no, they're cool. They're I just, neat. Yeah. They're I mean, neat. there was a lot going on in your head anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I can, I, yeah. So, of course, that your brain was just like, oh, yeah, that boy's neat. I sure like to hang out with him. Yeah. Yeah. But feeling attraction as a woman with the hormones that are going through my body now feels so much more correct. Uh-huh. Oh. It's, I, I don't, it's, it's really hard to describe outside of my own experience just because I've been on both sides and having gone through two different puberties is a wild experience. Right. Um, <laughs> and so like the first couple months I was on hormones and I discovered I was bi, I just saw so many attractive people. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't You're know like, how to handle myself. They're all so pretty. I, I had, <laughs> I had the libido of a teenage girl who just wanted to make out with every boy she saw. I mean, I have that libido also. <laughs> it, it's calmed down a bit for me. Um, and like, I didn't actually do anything about it because I wasn't out. And right, right, like, right. I, I'm not going to just like randomly make out with people without right. their consent because that would be terrifying. Right. We don't do that. No. We that. don't. No. I mean, no. Maybe sister Gwen does. Oh, that's weird. Okay, anyway. Um, and now I'm in very much a place that I'm like, people are attractive. Cool. If someone expresses interest. Cool. And doesn't, like, do, I, I wanted to say doesn't mind that I'm trans, but like, I want someone that embraces that because yeah. people, there's a difference between someone who doesn't mind and someone who's like, I love that about you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, that's kind of the takeaway from everything that I've learned from my whole transition and just in moving forward is like there are still parts of myself that I'm not super happy with or that I want different and that I, I'm continuing to figure out who I am even right. today. Join um, the club. <laughs> You're not special. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, but the takeaway is I just didn't, I didn't really realize how important it, important it is to focus on yourself and what you need and who you are before trying to do everything else and finding value in yourself because that was never a priority for me right. ever, 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 ever. I feel attacked. <laughs> Anyway. Brother Coffee hates himself, Rachel. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I, I'm well aware. Oh, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I listened to a few episodes before coming over. So I want to jump into our five questions, but if there, I want to, I want to, you know, make sure you have, if there's any other kind of part of your story you want to finish um, up, and then we'll I, jump into our five questions. I mean, we'll take a break and then do questions. As far as the rest of my story, it now is just kind of an open book, but now I'm openly living as a woman, and I... I'm openly trans online mm -hmm. and I have shared a lot of like progress pictures, like comparison pictures, just because I find it fascinating. And I know that that helped me a lot when I was first questioning and trying to figure things out was seeing the comparison. Um, and I, from here on out, I'm just trying to find the best way to live my life as happily as possible while helping other people on the way. I mean, imagine that seems pretty great and like there are, i'm 
I'm I'm not the best person by any means. I I'm still an asshole sometimes, but <laughs> I it's it's my goal to help those that are in, were in, or may be in the situation that I was in to make sure that they know that they feel loved because that love is life changing and yeah. knowing that someone out there cares for you for who you are, not in spite of it is a radical, amazing experience that will save lives. Yeah. Um, we keep joking and saying you're not special, but you are very special. Like you have done scary, hard things and you have come out the other side and not for very long. Like you are just, just coming out of that dark cave and you're already like reaching back in to like pull other people out. And that is really special. So you are, you are special, even though we say you're not. I feel like what this will sound like to the listeners is we hear, oh, Rachel, what's her face came out. Get her on the podcast. Get her on the podcast. Stat. Yeah. No, we, but we, I didn't, I had no idea. Cause with the first time I met you, I, with the first time I met you, I just thought you, you, like, I didn't know anything about your gender or your expression or whatever. And then found out later that you were trans. And so I, yeah, so yeah. I had no idea that there, this was there have a, been new a lot thing. of, there've been a lot of people who I've met in person and then they figure out later that I'm trans. And one thing I will say, don't tell a trans person, Oh, I had no idea you were trans. I couldn't tell because there are some people that aren't like cis passing, which I hate the term passing because right, it makes right, it sound right. like this is what's acceptable, this is what isn't. It's societal bullshit. Like it's like you did a good job of being trans when other people maybe didn't. You know? Yeah. Right. Like, like oh, you did great. I had no idea. Oh like, God. I appreciate that you see me who I am, but let's extend that same feeling to other people right. who maybe might not be as. Right lucky per se but like every person that i have met that has gone through the same trans experience and have their own journey it's always been fascinating to see how universal it is that we are so united in our struggle for wanting to feel acceptance of ourselves yeah and feeling that same acceptance from people around us and seeing people embrace who they are is more beautiful than anything that you could wear or try to be. And right. It's like, even if it's not something that normal Mormon cis society would look at and go, oh, that's pretty. Or, oh, that's like a magic. I don't know where the fuck this is going. <laughs> but like... I, I've had the opportunity to meet a bunch of different trans and gender nonconforming people since coming out. And every single person that I've talked to has been so incredible and so open and loving and wonderful. And I've loved being able to talk with them. One, to not feel alone. But two, to see that so many of us have learned how to accept people so fully because we didn't have the opportunity for ourselves yet. Let's take a break. So Rachel. Yes. We have uh, five questions that we like to ask all of our guest stars. Okay. So the question number one is if your topic was a cocktail, what is it called and what's the recipe? 
Uh, I'm still very new to alcohol, so I don't know what the recipe necessarily would be. But it would definitely be named either estrogen and anxiety. Right. Or please someone take my cocktail. <laughs> oh, God. It doesn't even need a recipe. It's so good. <laughs> it doesn't even need a please recipe. someone take my cocktail. Maybe one of our gentle listeners would like to create a recipe. Please send in either. And well, both. It. We want one recipe for estrogen and anxiety. Uh-huh. And we want one recipe for please someone take my cocktail. <laughs> and we will serve both of them at the summer party. At the summer party. Okay. That's the best answer I've ever heard. Uh, number two, which golden girl are you? It's before my time. I know. I was worried about this. Are have you ever watched it? I have not. Okay. Well, it's on Hulu. Okay. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Okay. They're and it all... still holds up. I will do my research and get back to you. Okay. I just think um, what I love most about Golden Girls is, can you imagine them making Golden Girls today? And they're like, okay, it's a show about four old ladies. <laughs> like every TV exec in America would be like, and we're done. Closing the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's amazing and it still holds up. Okay, that's fine. Um, if you had chosen a different topic to talk about other than your own journey, what is something else you're an expert on? Give us like a two-minute short version of that topic. Ooh. We don't let you – we don't prepare oh, you for it this. It doesn't have to be two minutes. No, but just like what is another thing that you could do a whole podcast about? Oh, ah, that is a great question. Um, oh, shit. Uh <laughs> I mean, do you think about anything besides... Do you think about anything? That's a really mean question. (laughs) Do you think about anything except yourself, Rachel? Because we've been talking about yourself for like three hours. I I would say I could probably do a lot of lore and background for like Harry Potter. I love it. I love it. Okay. um, various like video game franchises and whatnot. Okay. Just... Like which video game franchises? Oh Lord. Um, <laughs> I don't, the ones that I've been playing recently, the one that actually helped me to figure out that I was trans is called life is strange. Okay. It's an episodic kind of choose your own adventure type game. Um, it's very much adults trying to write teenager dialogue. Okay. So it's not great, but it created this sense of like, I don't know, feminine nostalgia in me that I didn't know I had. Oh, I like that. What platform is that game on? All of them, okay. really. Okay. Um, there, so there's Life is Strange, then there's a prequel called Before the Storm. Um, and both of them I love. They're not perfect games by any right. means, but I love them. They're queer love stories, oh. basically. And the, the main game has like supernatural elements of time travel. And, like, rewinding time and whatnot. And there is a second game that I haven't played yet, but it's... I, I've i heard it's really good. I need to play it, but I'm poor. Yeah. <laughs> things cost money. Yeah. I, I gotta spend it on my titty skittles. Okay. <laughs> is that what you call your pills? Your titty skittles? My feminems. Feminems. I have a few. Okay, I like those. Okay, question four. What is one thing you want to ask us? Oh, I feel like we should send these people ahead of time. <laughs> We're just like cornering you. What do you want to know about us? <laughs> um, Terrible. Did, this could spawn a huge discussion, but what was it that led you guys out of Mormonism? Uh, for me, it was my marriage to a gay man who was my best friend. And 
his darkness and depression and my own as a straight spouse in a mixed orientation marriage um, was not fixed by uh, the religious institution that promised joy if you adhere to all the tenets of the faith. Mine was similar. My ex-wife actually left the church before me, and it was sort of her leaving the church that led to me coming out. Um, and then, and at a time, I didn't know what I was going to do. I wasn't planning on coming out. It just kind of happened. And then I didn't know what I was going to do. But then, and it was this kind of what I said to you, like, I was like, well, I've been really unhappy for a long time. And I've tried this. Like, I tried to be straight. And I got married. And I, you know, had kids. And I went to the temple. And I was like, and it's not working. So I got to try something different. So I just thought, let's give this one a go. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Yeah. I mean, I hate myself and I'm unhappy. But, but deep down... <laughs> I'm happier. Um, and then the last question, um, what do you know to be true now? That being true to who you are and listening to what your body and your soul need is really, really important. Because uh, that's something I ignored for a very long time because I didn't know that there was an alternative. Yeah. Um, and... I've also learned because I, as a Mormon, I was super judgmental just because that's kind of the culture of the thing where they're like, okay, white, straight, and masculine is the peak with femininity coming in at like a close third. Right. A close third. (laughs) Um, But like getting out of Mormonism, being able to see so many different people and see, like, hear so many different experiences and just realizing that there's more out of that bubble and realizing that there's more than one possible right answer for people has changed everything about my perspective of everything to say the least just learning to accept people for who they are and loving no matter what and just putting yourself out there to learn and always be ready to learn about people's experiences and accept and love no matter what is what I know to be the best and most true way to live. Destroy every single box. Yeah. Please dissolve them, set them on fire. We're not talking about boxes like vaginas. Those are precious. Those are precious. But like, but for real, someone should come and destroy your box. Right. You know, yeah, like I, in a sexual like, way. And just so I can't walk for three days. Just that would be great. destroy that box. Thank you. That would be amazing. <laughs> but we mean societal boxes. Yes, yes. Um, praise, praise to the woman. Praise to the woman who communed with Oprah <laughs> and see, see Jane Kendrick. Mingling with God. Um <laughs> So thank you so much. You are so awesome. And I'm, you're so great to share this. I have no doubt that this episode will like change people's lives, change the way they see things, open people's eyes to something new. And so thank you for being vulnerable and being willing to share. Thank you for having me. I've, I love being here and you have both been a delight. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We have been. We are. (laughs) Uh, I almost called you Cindy. Cindy! No, I'm done. Thank you. No, you can take the glass. Um, Twain, do you have any other final I, thoughts? I just want to say thank you as well. And this has been extremely helpful for me. I had not met you yet, but I had seen your... Uh, before, Let's rephrase that. Before I actually met you in the flesh, I'd seen your Twitter account. And was it was... 
Um, really a lifeline for me because when I discovered your Twitter account, my child had not been able to start medically transitioning yet, but it had already had a suicide attempt. And so it, I, everything that you share and put out there, and I know it's scary as hell, especially because there are people who in your life that you want to continue to be in your life and there's some dysfunction there. Um, everything that you share is helping Someone, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. In the name of our Lord and Savior, C. Jane, (laughs) amen. (laughs) Thank you again. Thank you. We love you. We love you. We love you, our gentle listeners. And we also love our gentle sisters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba.